This is Thoughts on the Table by DisgracesOnTheMenu.com. Hello and welcome to the audio blog. Today I'm introducing an unusual episode, but also an episode that means a lot to me. Um, so as you know, I'm just back from a trip to Italy, and during this trip I had the chance to record a conversation that I had with my grandmother Chiara on her life in Northern Italy during World War II. And in this conversation I realized that I didn't know most of these stories, and that actually I didn't know much about the war itself, like many Italians of my generation, I think. Of course, I also ask a lot of questions, specifically on food and cooking, and so I'm now presenting this interview to you. Of course, the original recording is in Italian, and it's in Northern Italian dialect as well, but for Thoughts on the Table, it has been dubbed in English, and my wife, Candace, will give Grandma her English voice. I wanted to ask you a few questions on when you were young. Uh, so we're talking about you were born in 1920, right? Oh, I have to say my age? Well, I was born in 1920, so in 1941 the war began. When I turned 25, the war ended. And what did you have to eat during the fascism? During fascism, before the war, people used to live well. It's when the war started that scarcity began. Scarcity of food and the bombing of the wagons that transported food. Uncle Mario, my brother, also fought in that war, World War II. When I got married, he hadn't returned home yet. Instead, my father fought in another war, World War I. Mussolini, il duce, used to hold speeches in the squares. It was a mess. So, during the war, how was it? What did you manage to eat? During the war, we ate what we could. Not everyone had enough, even for basic needs. For me, in the home I grew up in near Milan before the war, I didn't suffer hunger because farmers had everything. We had bread because we had flour, and we also used to raise our own cattle. Pigs we didn't have, but other farmers did. And when they used to kill a pig, there was a lot to eat. Take those farmers with pigs. They were able to raise the pigs because they had the hay, bran, all those things. So when they killed the pig, they had food in abundance. But there were also families which didn't even have bread to eat. Was there a minimum provided by the government? Did you used to have the rations badge? Yes, the badge was established by the government of war. That set the amount of food per person. For example, 100 grams of bread per day, one kilogram or two of rice, however often they gave it to you. It must have been two months, three months, whenever the truck arrived, with two cardboard boxes of rice. Those with the badge would get it. The last ones in line sometimes had to return empty-handed. But there was also the black market, those who could get oil under the table, maybe from warehouses. I don't know where they used to get it from. It was really expensive, but at least you could get it. During the war, your grandpa used to work with a person whose father worked on the railway. On the railway line from Milan to Switzerland, they used to put salt on the tracks for winter when there was ice, so the trains wouldn't slip. The father of this friend of grandpa, he used to collect the salt. He brought home big sacks of four or five kilograms. We used that salt for cooking, because there was no salt otherwise. 
they gave you maybe 100 grams of salt per month. So you know what we used to do? That salt from the tracks, we used to boil it in water. Then we strained it, and then it would still be brown because it was from the railway and there was iron in it. My father-in-law used a cloth as a strainer, and it was still full of debris. They used to put it into a jar, and we had it there to salt the food during cooking, like one or two tablespoons for every time we made pasta or soup or something that needed salt. So it was salty water that we used to collect from the tracks. No, I wouldn't have guessed you had to do that. How was the kitchen? Did you have a wood stove? Yes, we had a wooden stove. Was it easy to find wood? For wood, we used to go to the bushes. And for heating, we also used wood. Nobody had heaters, maybe the rich. But us, the farmers, we just had a wood stove or the fireplace, not even the stove. I didn't have a stove until the last years before getting married, before there was only the fireplace. And we would go get wood in the bushes, long, thin branches with thorns. At home, we had big chests in the corner for storing wood. When we had to start the fire, we would go get some of those branches. We would break them up, poking our fingers with the thorns, and also we would use some straw. We always had it from harvesting the wheat and rye. We used to hang the cauldron in the fireplace, and it turned all black underneath. And then we used to get burnt flying debris that would end up in the food. Anytime you used to make soup or pasta, or you boiled water to make soup, there were those things in it. The things that when you burn wood fly in the air. So you had your own wheat. Did you make your bread? Yes, I did make bread. So this is because we were farmers and had flour? Yes, because we were farmers and farmers didn't suffer as much from hunger because they had the land and cattle. But those who used to work in factories had more issues finding food. The government, did they ever take some of your harvest? Did you have to pay taxes on your harvest? No, there was nothing to pay. Whatever the farmer wanted to cultivate for themselves on their land, they were allowed to. With the rations badge, you would pay for what food you bought, but it was cheap. Though there wasn't much to buy, so the amounts allowed to each person were very limited. There was also the black market. The black market was expensive because it was dangerous. If they caught you selling things, they would put you into jail. Like, for example, those who had the pig. If they ate it and kept it in the family, that's one thing. If they sold it on the black market, then it's a different story. If the authorities found out, they could come to confiscate everything. Was there any meat from time to time? Oh, meat. There was 100 grams per week. This is with the badge? Yes, with the badge. And what about outside of that? When they killed the pig, was there extra? Yes, but it wasn't much. In fact, our cow once had a calf, then the calf died. So my father wanted to eat it, but you had to get the city veterinarian's approval that it was okay to eat. So the veterinarian came and said, no, you have to dispose of it, throw it in the cesspit. So my father threw it out in front of the veterinarian. Then he waited until he exited the gate and he pulled the calf out. We washed it inside and out and we ate it.
Che cosa facevate da mangiare? Diciamo una pranzo comune, un po' di tutto. What did you use to cook for dinner? Let's say a common meal. A bit of everything? Oh, in my home there wasn't much to eat, also because we weren't really good cooks. We used to prepare big pots of soup, and that's what we used to eat. We had soup, we cut down bread slices and soaked them in milk or hot water, and ate them. And then we had chickens, those we ate boiled. And for Christmas, look what we had to do to make a bit of money, we used to raise ducks. So my father, to make a bit of money, which we really needed, he used to keep one duck for us, and another four or five he sold to people he knew before Christmas. Every year we had those who we used to sell the duck to, but they would pay for it. And it would be now, let's say, 10 euros, those day it would have been one, two, three lira. It wasn't much, but it was to have a bit of extra. Life was hard, really. And then with the money, were you able to buy some extras? Yes, also something to wear. Also, there was no soap. They used to give me the sugar badge. And Paolo, on Saturdays, when I was riding my bike home after work, to be able to have soap to wash clothes, to wash ourselves, to wash the sheets. We didn't use the kilogram of sugar that they used to give us monthly. But instead, my co-workers and I, who I used to work with on the looms, we had a store in town that would take the sugar and give us soap or a bit of money. For instance, for one kilogram of sugar, we would get a piece of soap. The soap they used to make themselves with animal fat, not like the soap that we have now. It was what it was. We used it to wash clothes. Look what we had to do in war times. I see. So sometimes you had excess sugar that you didn't need and you traded it for soap or money. Yes, for us using sugar seemed like a waste. We had more use for a piece of soap to wash ourselves, to do laundry. Soap was more useful and they didn't give you soap. Maybe those wet kids, they needed more sugar? Yes, probably. Soap, you used it all the time. When they came home from the fields all dirty, the clothes all covered in dirt, you needed soap. With a brush and some soap, you cleaned them a bit. There was no laundry machine. It was a disaster. Well, of course, there was no hot water either, right? Hot water? No, the water was always cold. There were those who used to wash clothes with ash, the fireplace ash. How could they wash with ash? I'm asking you. They used to boil it, then strain the water and used it to wash. They used to say that things turned out clean. I don't know. My mother never used ash. We always were able to get some soap. And also you were saying that there used to be curfew, right? Yes, but what I'm telling you right now refers to the first period of the war. Then toward the end, we started to live a bit better. I don't know why. In the month of April 1945, there was the armistice, and things gradually improved. Then from April to September, the actual end of the war, we started to live better those months. Provisions started to arrive, there was no more curfew, and food started to be available. I remember I was in the field with my father, and I heard church bells from all the neighboring towns. And one person was coming on a bicycle saying, the war has ended, it's over, it's over. This was the month of April. I got married the 12th of May, the month after. My brother, Uncle Mario, was serving in the war and he couldn't come in time for my wedding. He came home in September when they started to discharge the soldiers, those who didn't die, of course. What about the post-war times? How was it? I know there was crisis. Yes, for some time there was crisis. But then jobs started to resume. The factories started to increase in number. 
I was okay. I never stopped working. So the crisis right after the war, you didn't really feel it? No, we were okay. We didn't lose our jobs. There was no unemployment. We, my family and friends all worked. I remember that during war times, they used to take us to the city square in Arconate, where the plant was, on the street to Busto Arsizio. They used to take us to the square because Mussolini was speaking. And he used to go up on a balcony of a house in the square and repeat in the microphone, Believe, fight, obey. And it was loud, speakers everywhere. How many times did you have to see him? Did the dictator come around often? Yeah, he came. During war times, Il Duce was in command. He was the dictator. And us in the factory, along with those that used to live in the area, other factories, foundries, mechanical, used to gather in the square to listen to him. He was talking about the war, and he was talking about the rations badge. We will give you a badge. Every now and then he would talk. There was a set day. In the factory, they used to put out a sign like, This Wednesday at 3 p.m., Il Duce will speak in the square. They used to stop all work, stop the looms, and get all workers out to the square. And the square was full of people, and he was high up on a balcony with a flag, and he talked. He used to say all that was happening, for example, we will give you the rations badge, don't worry, now we are at this stage of the war. And he continued talking all throughout the war. Until they caught him and they killed him. He had a mistress named Patachi, and Donna Rachel, his wife. And the story continued that way until the end of the war. Then in September, everything ended and we could all do what we wanted again. Before, there was the curfew, and we had to cover all lamps in black fabric so you wouldn't be seen, also in our home. This was so that we wouldn't be seen by the airplanes, because when they were coming, we had to escape to the fields. During wartime, when we heard the airplanes, we ran to the fields in our pajamas. My father used to take me inside the irrigation canals, because we were worried that they would bomb and kill us. So without flashlights or anything, we used to go down on our knees to hide until there was an end of the alarm. This because before the airplanes arrived, they used to sound a siren. And then go. We were all running to escape. You used to see everyone running to the fields. So we were going into the fields, lying down on the ground. In Milan, they bombed. So much bombardment there. Also in Lignano. Milan, though, it was very bad. So the big cities, the most populated centers, were bombed more, whereas the countryside was left more alone. So when we were hearing the alarms, we were ready. The head of the family always had a bag with the documents, the little money that he had and all the documents, demonstrating property of the house, any insurance, etc. Because if they were to bomb the house, you would have ended up with nothing. You wouldn't have had anything that said that this is your house. So they had a bag with all the important documents. Grandma, you know, I did not know all these things. Thanks so much, it was very interesting. And also hearing from your voice was incredible. Thank you, we're closing here the recording. Then when it comes out, I'll let you know, okay? Oh Lord.